Hey everyone, welcome to Comedy History 101. This is Harmon, and we have a very special episode for you today on the unknown comic. What do you know about the unknown comic? Well, kind of a hell of a lot, and so will you after you listen to this episode. But before we jump in, take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you get your podcasts, or on our website, ComedyHistory101.com. Why not? Just do it. Come on. You've been waiting for it. Comment. And without further ado... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. Here comes the Prince of Puns, folks. Here comes... Here comes the Duke of Dillies. The Wizard of... comic, America's first punk comedian. <laughs> I tell you, I'm in a pretty good mood to take my dog to a flea circus. He stole the show. <laughs> so, Scott, knock, knock. Who's there, Harmon? Unknown comic. Un- unknown comic who? Unknown comic Murray Langston. Okay. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. School you in comedy. I am Harmon Leon, and with me is Scott Colonico. Scott, how are you? And how did you enjoy that clip of the unknown comic on the Gong Show? Uh, that was pretty good. But actually, um, I've also we've also got a, uh, a clip. We'll put in our in the website for the uh, for the post. Uh, the very first clip, I think, of the unknown comic, which I like a little bit better because uh, in that clip you could tell the audience was ready for him, and in this clip he just kind of comes out and like nobody has any idea what's going on. Oh, really? So tell. So in that clip was his very first appearance. That's what I that as much as I could gather, Harmon. That's that's what I could tell. Steve Martin is one of the judges. Ah, and there's a reason why Steve Martin is one of the judges. And yes, of course, today's episode is on the history of the... Well, it's more like the unknown comic origin story. And there is a, a strong connection to Steve Martin. Um, just just be- hold that Steve Martin thought and let's backtrack a little bit. The unknown comic was the comedic creation of one Murray Langston. And what was strange about Murray Langston, Scott? He was Canadian. Exactly, that's right. He was a Canadian. Canadian. Actually, a no- Nova Scotian. Yeah, and um, oh, do you, um, in in this Trump era, do you know how he got his American citizenship? No, tell me. He joined the United States Navy and served as a sailor during the Vietnam War, but never in combat. Yeah, but that's weird because like that maybe back then it was different because I'm pretty sure now like even now you can serve in the army and not be a citizen. Which or is you can weird. serve in the army and be deported. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but I'm just saying it was it was a simpler time. It was a simpler time for for Canadian Murray Langston who joined the United States Navy and during the 1970s launched his showbiz career 
on Rowan and Martin's laughing. Yeah, I think what was interesting, Harmon, that, that he had to leave at home at the age of 15 because his parents were both disabled and they were, you know, they were poor. They couldn't afford to raise him, so he struck out on his own and, you know, had to make his own way. Oh, my God, this is, like, bummer history 101. Well, let's, let's see what happens at the end. I think it, but I think it turns out well for Murray Langston. Hopefully, and, and, Hopefully. and you know, diving into Murray Langston, the unknown comic, you might think it's like a one sort of note shtick, but diving a little deeper, there's some little bit of interesting turns uh, that actually dive into other aspects of shows we've covered in the past. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay. So, what came first? Did he form a comedy duo first, or was he on Rowan and Martin's Laughing first? Uh, he got a gig on Mo- Rowan Martin's Laughing. I actually, the story is pretty interesting because this is a little tidbit that's not I'd never seen before. But apparently, he was working at IBM. <laughs> Murray Langston, the unknown. Comic. Was he was he working with Jeff Foxworthy, who also worked at IBM? I don't know. Yeah, so he was doing he would do impressions for his uh, friends in the computer room. And and, and, yeah. and and back then, it was probably a literally a computer room. Yeah, no. <laughs> get, get this joke. Literally a computer room with 85 gigs. And I know what you're thinking. What? It had more gigs than Keanu Reeves had in his head in, what movie was that? Oh. The Matrix, man. <laughs> no, no, the, the one before The Matrix. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny oh, Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. Okay, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, another another computer dated like all those cyber movies of the nineties, yeah, which was like a big big genre in the nineties. They're all they're all dated by the amount of gigabytes. Yeah, well, you can't. They wouldn't do that if you were smart. They wouldn't have done that. Yeah, now now it's just everything's dated. But uh, speaking of dated computer rooms, to go back to Murray Langston, he uh, yeah he just called up the phone. He just picked up the phone and just called laughing. And he was like, "Can I talk to the producer?" Which is something you couldn't imagine happening now. But he talked and he got George Slaughter on the phone. Do you mean George Slaughter, the the producer of Turn On? The shortest-lived uh, comedy yep. show in history, which we have covered here on Comedy History yeah. 101. But at this time, he was a producer on Laugh-In, and Langston got on the phone with him was like, hey, I do some impressions. And, and Schlatter was like, what do you do an impression of? And Langston said, I do an impression of a fork. And so Schlatter said, come on down, you're auditioning tomorrow. And he did. He went down and uh, the audition, he thought, uh, didn't go well. So he went back to his computer room. But the next day, uh, George Slaughter called up and said, come on, be on laughing. (laughs) And and so 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 uh, Murray Langston thought he was going to like the huge star of laughing at the time was Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Yeah. So Murray Langston thought he was going to be the next Tiny Tim. And the writers of Laugh-In, they wrote bits for him, other impressions, like he did a tube of toothpaste. You can get a visual <laughs> image of that. And a grandfather clock. Yeah. So I could, I'll try to look for some clips of those, but I couldn't, couldn't find any of those anywhere. So maybe... But that uh, sounds sort of like a, a, a kind of like your PR person spin on how he got on Laugh-In. You know what yeah, I, mean? I mean? Like how, like when they say, like, "Oh, Quentin Tarantino before he did Reservoir Dogs, he, he was he's working at a video store," which he was, but he was also like, you know, making guest spots and auditioning for TV shows. 
Uh, and write and write in other movies. Yeah, it's like the whole, the story about Justin Bieber being discovered on the internet. It's like on YouTube. I don't really believe that one either, but that's the story. So Scott, he got on Rowan Martin's laugh, and how did one Fred Sanford change his comedy career? Uh, well, Harmon, that would be but if Fred Sam, Sanford, if you mean Red Fox, uh, that would be that Red Fox suggested that Murray Langston get together with another comedian, um, an African American comedian by the name of Freeman King, and they and they formed a comedy act and became performers on the regular performers on the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour. Hey, hey, Sonny, what are you doing lugging that big thing around for? What this club? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something, because it's reliable, and no matter where I am or no matter what I'm doing, I can depend on this clock to give me the correct time. Oh, that's fantastic. Say, say, what time is it? Yeah, but there's a little more to that, which is really kind of interesting, because back at the time, it was noted that Tom Dreesen, who we've also talked about on this podcast, was in a comedy team with Tim Reed, who was from where, Scott? Uh, our fans might know him from uh, WKRP in Cincinnati or, man, he had some other one like in the 80s, like Tim's Place or something. Roughly around the same time, they were like the only white guy, African-American guy comedy teams back in like the late 60s, early 70s. So uh, Dreesen said he was the first sort of uh, interracial comedy team, but uh, Murray Langston said they were coming up around the same time. But Red Fox paired Murray Langston with Freeman King, and they would perform at Red Fox's club, which we've talked about here on the history of laugh records, because a lot of those laugh records were recorded at Red Fox's club, which we, it was called Red Fox's place. Yeah. yeah. No, it was um, called the Red Fox Club. Yeah, and people like, you know, Flip Wilson would hang out there, and Cheech and Chong was would be over there. But also, so that actually kind of um, inspired uh, Murray Langston to open his own club with some of the money he'd gotten from the being on Sunny and Share. So we opened up a club called the Showbiz. But when when he says club, he means kind of he means a comedy a comedy club. Yeah, yeah. So that was roughly around when uh, the Comedy Store opened up. So. People that would turn up at Murray Langston's showbiz club would be like a young David Letterman who wanted to, you know, get his chops in place before he went and auditioned at the Comedy Store. So he would go to Murray Langston's showbiz club. (laughs) Yes, as well as our favorite comedian, which we have yet to do an episode on, Gallagher. I wonder if he Gallagher. Oh, yeah, Gallagher came up from Florida. And also a, a Michael Keaton Got his start there, who who went by his original name, Michael Douglas. Yeah. And then one of the waitresses turned out to be Deborah Winger, who uh, Murray dated for a little while. Murray, I think he said that in the article we were reading that she kind of dated a lot of the comedians, including hey, hey. Richard Lewis. Right. But no slut shaming, dude. It was the 70s. Yeah, so anyway, he opened the club after, because he became a regular on the Sonny and Cher Hour, and as we mentioned up front, the connection there was Steve Martin was a writer for the Sonny and Cher Hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he worked with Steve Martin for a while. He said he was just a a very reserved guy. Like, I think one of the stories that, or or one of the stories that Langston tells is that they, uh, 
Steve Martin would always invite people back to his house, and they finally took him up on the offer and showed up at his house, and Steve Martin answered the door playing a banjo and just kind of kept playing the banjo the whole time we were there. He, he said it was very awkward. Oh, really? So it's kind of like yeah. the comedian just doing shtick? No, nah, they, they just said they, the the main thing that Murray Langston was saying in the interview is that like Steve Martin was very serious off stage. Yeah, I mean, he Steve Martin studied philosophy in college, and I just listened to a Steve Martin masterclass, which was one of my mm. big subscriptions of this pandemic era, and he used to apply all the theories of philosophy into his sort of early joke writing for his act so pretty brainy guy Mm -hmm. yep yeah very smart freeman and murray they would become an opening act for red fox and like you said he took his sunny and share money and opened up showbiz which was i mean it doesn't really (laughs) the the showbiz yeah the showbiz it's kind of funny title but that club, it doesn't get its sort of due as like one of the legendary clubs like no. that, that that had like the origins of modern day stand up, like say, you know, the Red Fox's club. Because, you know, again, we that had an important part because that's where a lot of laugh records were actually recorded at, you know, well, include, well, especially Red Fox's comedy albums were recorded there. Saying that the part, because they were kind of around the same store the Comedy Store first opened, you know, where he saw, you know, the two, Mitzi and then her husband before that running the store. And uh, he said, yeah. like Sammy Shore. Yeah, when the Comedy Store first started out, like it wasn't doing well. And his point was that, you know, if Johnny Carson wouldn't have moved the show to L.A., probably would have tanked. Yeah, but uh, how how did showbiz work out, the showbiz Work out for well, Mary Langston. Yeah, those which showbiz kind of leads was, into the origin yes. story. Yeah, the, the showbiz did not work out well for Mr. Langston. Uh, he lost all his money in it, and he was kind of back where he started with with uh, no cash. His his problem, he said, it was he was too nice of a manager to run a club. You can't run a club and be nice. Yeah, and kind of a lot through my experience doing comedy is a lot of club owners are kind of pricks. And <laughs> yep. like Marie Langston said, he he wasn't a prick. And, you know, again, I think it's like one of those things where you have a celebrity that opens a restaurant, you know? Uh, yeah, like exactly. They, they're kind of like, oh, it would be fun to own a restaurant. And yeah. it's like one of the hardest industries. And, and I would never want to run a comedy club ever. No way. That, no that, way. That would just be, it would just be like a money drain. And you yeah. would just be stressed all the time. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. So, again, so at this point in his career, Murray Langston, he he was no longer doing a comedy double act. He, he lost, you know, he was broke from running the showbiz. What, what, what was his next step? Well, Harmon, that's when this new show came on the air called The Gong Show. There's a cash prize up for grabs grabs every episode but the interesting thing is because the uh murray langston was in the union uh he would get paid whether he went on stage or not so it was just basically it was basically like a paid gig so he took it and he didn't want anyone to know who he was so that's why he put the bag on his head i gotta jump in the sack with me one time what the heck (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) okay hey these two guys walk into a bar get off the stage get off the stage 
Yeah. So he he became the unknown comic. Like, was it just on one time on the Gong Show, or how did? Oh no, he was he was on there a bunch. I remember I remember uh, I remember like kind of waiting for him, and you can hear it in some of these clips. Like as as he gets more and more exposure and more famous, like the audience is waiting for him. Everybody knows who he is. So. Um, yeah, he was he was a big favor. He was he was on as a matter of fact, Harmon. He was on more than 150 episodes. <laughs> yeah, and because of that, he also got offers to do the unknown comic in various uh, clubs around the country, especially in Las Vegas, where he landed a gig for five thousand dollars a week. At the time, he had no act, so he hired a band to put bags also on their heads, and they were called <laughs> the Brown Baggers. <laughs> and then he had hired a line of dancers put bags on their heads and they were the baguettes and so yeah he had himself a show <laughs> but unfortunately he was getting five thousand dollars a week and the show cost him six thousand dollars every week so um yeah he, he lost some money on it but the interesting thing that i didn't know is that this whole time while he's doing the unknown comic he's also continuing to perform as himself murray langston well, here's what I, I, I read uh, in that interview was that the unknown comic itself could only really hold the audience for like 10 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. he would do 10 minutes of the unknown comic and I saw a clip of this and then take off the bag and finish the rest as Murray Langston. Come on, folks. I got 14 more jokes written on the inside of this bag. <laughs> Oh, look at she's blushing. I got a joke for you that's going to make your boobies fall off. <laughs> oh, you already heard it. <laughs> um, in his early days, when he when he got offered the Las Vegas game, um, he said that, you know, again, it only, it's, you know, it's basically like that clip up front where the woman came out and is like, you're the father of my baby and I can prove it. And he has a bag on his head. It's, and mm-hmm. then... All the band has bags on their head, and the dancers come out. They have bags on their head. <laughs> Scott, would would you, would you call that kind of a one joke thing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could watch that for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why you know, even right away when he had no act, as uh, he would finish the rest as uh, Murray Langston just doing stand up comedy. Okay, I'll ask. I'll ask Mr. Langston since he just became my Facebook friend. Oh, nice, man. How many, yeah. how many followers does he have? I don't know, man. I'll, I'll definitely post this to him after. You should go be his friend, too, man. He'll, he just he accepts all I, th- I think, all I think all, everyone should be friends with Murray Langston, Canadian yeah. Murray Langston. I know, and they should also, they could follow uh, Comedy History 101 on Facebook as well. So, Scott, after the success of The Gong Show, was that it? Was that it for his TV appearances? Was, like, done? Gong show, no more TV. Well, no, 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 no. Actually, so so this is what we were talking about earlier. Uh, on an early 1980s episode of Real People, the TV show, which is also produced by George Schlatter, um, uh, Murray revealed himself. So they had made a big deal out of it, and they took the bag off his head. And, oh, wow, uh, like, kind of like when Kiss went unmasked? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And it turns out it was Skip Stevenson was the host that took the bag off his head, and apparently he and uh, Murray Langston knew each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he was a comic as well. I think he. Yeah. What I read was he got his start at uh, Murray Langston's club, the show. Oh, business. okay. The showbiz. Yeah, I mean, so then he just kind of segued into doing a lot of TV. He did the unknown comedy hour for Playboy TV. 
and also followed by the Sex and Violence Family Hour, which oddly enough, or not oddly enough, I mean, which surprisingly enough, starred a very young Jim Carrey. Oh, wow. What about this? Yeah. I know you were kind of, when we were coming up with uh, the, the, the topic for today's episode, you were kind of excited about the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show. I can chop down a tree in a minute to be made into a table or a spinach. And it won't take me long Cause I do nothing wrong Did he know that his pals were still in it? Oh yeah, but that was But that's the, that's the interesting thing is, is Cause it was, that was basically like a, a, la, a version of laughing for kids And those were like, you know, that's what's her name so. As in Hee Haw was a version of laughing yeah. for bumpkins? Like, hey, watch <laughs> hey, it, dude. Hey, You can't say that Cancel uh, no, culture not. You can't, yep. Um, um, yeah, it's one of the Hudson brothers is, what's her name? Uh, Goldie Hans. Goldie Hawn. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Kate Hudson's father. Kate Hudson, yep. Yeah, yeah. But um, that show, actually, so the interesting part that, that, uh, that, you know, I found, so they show Murray Langston comes out in the credits at the beginning of the show, and he's with um, his uh, writing partner that he was, he was writing uh, with at the time. Mm-hmm. So and who that was, was that? What, what creds did the, the writing partner have? No, the free the um, Freeman. Oh, Freeman King. Okay, yeah. you, you mean his his comedy duo partner? Yeah, his comedy partner. So they they must have been hired as a comedy partner on their comedy team. Excuse me, on the show because they kind of come out they come out in the same cart. It's the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Starring Bill, Mark, and Brett, the Hudson Brothers. With Ken Ziegler, Billy Van, and Peter Cullen, Murray Langston, and Freeman King. So I guess they're like one item. The comedy team was called Freeman and Murray, and they put out a comedy album. And the premise of the comedy album was... Murray was interviewing Freeman, who played the character of the first black president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, which was out on Laugh Records. Yeah, which makes sense because Red Fox is the one who did put the team, the team together, and he was heavily a Laugh Record guy. Yeah, no, there's in that article, um, which we'll post again, the classic television showbiz article, which is a great article. that had a lot of stuff about Murray, the unknown comic that I didn't know about. Um, yeah, they have a picture of the uh, the Laugh Record album cover. Yeah, yeah, and and sadly, uh, Friedman died early. I believe he died in 2002. Yeah. But my, my point is, to finish off the Hudson Bruns, Hudson Bunsen Dazzle show. <laughs> so at the beginning of the show... <laughs> the the beginning of the show they're getting lo- everyone all the cast members are getting loaded into the back of a truck like the, you mm-hmm. know they're the comedy the order of the comedy and Langston and Freeman get loaded together so they were like a, they were like a team oh right so they would do like sort of sketches on the razzle dazzle show together. yeah yeah there there they was like cast members and and uh, group sketches and stuff but that was the razzle enough enough about the razzle dazzle show <laughs> yeah I bet that era of comedy was pretty fun like to be a 70s TV <laughs> show guy I mean I, like what he said about first the Red Fox Club was there was a yeah. lot of drugs that's yeah. where people went for a lot of drugs 
And I think he told a story in the interview about Red Fox doing coke in his office. Yeah. Yeah, and those guys and those guys. We didn't say you. that. We didn't make no. that allegations. We're just saying it's in a it's in an interview. We're just saying what's in the interview. Don't sue yeah. us. Yeah, we're just saying it. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. And the, and those 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 guys all knew kind of knew each other. So like they get each other jobs and, and stuff and working on all those crazy, wacky nineteen seventies like um the uh the one with Jeff Altman and the Japanese ladies. <laughs> was what was that? <laughs> I don't. I can't remember the name. The name of it. Pink Lady and Jeff. That was oh, it. You think, that was... you think that's that's dated well? <laughs> oh, dude, go look. Go look it up, man. It's, it's Jeff Altman and two Japanese ladies. That's all. I'll leave oh, it there. Oh, and they would end. They would end every episode with them all getting into a hot tub. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, I think that's a. I think we need to do a whole uh, That's a episode whole of that. other episode on that, yeah. But here's a few um, movie creds that uh, the Unknown Comic had. 19, let me take you back to 1979 and Skate Town, USA, starring who, Scott? Um, well, the I'll one give I you, I'll give you a hint. Uh, he, he, he's known for a little dirty dancing. Oh, Patrick Swayze. And yeah, that was it. Okay, yeah. The, the and I'll, give you, I'll give you another yeah. hint. Uh, his co-star was murdered. Dorothy yeah, Stratton. That was, yeah, he said he met her a couple times. He's, he, his claim was that he got to pinch her on the, on the rear end. Um, the here's, the and movie, here's something creepy. Life. He said in, in the interview, uh, which, you know, is um, the, the biopic about it is Star, Star 80, is it? Yeah, Which Star 80. That? It's just a good movie. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I think those Eric Roberts playing the creepy dude. Yeah. So um, Murray Langston said the creepy dude uh, who ended up murdering her would just always be hanging out on set. Yeah. 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 And also, uh, what what is up up your alley? I don't. I couldn't find anything in up your alley, but I did find the trailer for. It's Wish a Linda Wolf. Blair movie in 1989, produced and written by Murray Langston. With us now is the unknown comic, and he'll be starring in a new film with Linda Blair and Ruth Buzzy. What a combo. <laughs> that opens up May 22nd. It's called Up Your Alley. The unknown comic, everybody. Yeah. Directed well, she by was Bob also, Logan. Who is that? They, she, they must have been friends, because she was also... Yeah, I couldn't find anything about that. I think she wasn't... She might have been in Night Patrol as well, too. Yeah, because he, he, wrote, he wrote that, and he's in it. Which is like a bad police academy ripoff. But I did find the trailer oh, for Wishful. Patrol, Wishful really? <laughs> yeah, I did find <laughs> the trailer for Wish, bad. Wishful Thinking, um, which I think is from 1992. Uh, he's 1997. No, it's 1992, dude. I, I double oh, checked. I'm just reading it yeah. right here on the dock. On the where in Wikipedia? If Wikipedia is wrong, I will point out that oh, I think okay. Wikipedia gotcha. is wrong. Yeah, There's yeah. no way that movie is. Yeah, I mean, I'll. What? I'm a. I'll, I'm a wiki editor, dude. I'll go in there and fix it. There's <laughs> What's no that way. About? Yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy hijinks on the beach. But um, it, I, it has it stars the comic Vic Crazy Comic Guys Dunlop, who who I interviewed when I was, when oh, really? I was in school. Yeah, I interviewed. Oh, him for the paper. Uh, you're not gonna like this. You know who the producer is? Who? Uh, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> For wishful thinking, Ugh. yeah, and, and Jennifer Beale, isn't it? 
from Flashdance. And Drew Barrymore's in it. He, he wrote and directed Dirty Mo- Jokes, the movie, and also inspired by the stage show The Vagina Monologues, he wrote and performed a one-man's response, a show called The Weenie Man-O-Logs. Yeah. Insert laughter. He, But I think the biggest renaissance of the Unknown Comic came in 2002 when he played the Unknown Comic in the film Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, exactly. So he gets to come back and and, uh, play himself. I believe he was also in the Gong Show movie, which actually I couldn't find any clips or anything on, but I can remember. I'm pretty sure he was in that. I think Phil Hartman. Well, if the Gong Show had a movie, he's going to be in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it was about the host, about Chuck Barris running around getting into wacky hijinks or something like that. It wasn't like it wasn't all just around the show. Oh, right. So they, yeah, yeah, they created like a storyline behind it. Yeah. Yeah. But Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. So he, so Murray Langston played the unknown comic. Which is, you know, based on the uh, biography of Chuck Barris, which is kind of, you know, it's not really a true yeah. biography. But right. he goes up there with, uh, like, Man on the Moon, where they actually had Judd Hirsch and the other cast members of Taxi play themselves. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, he's, he's in that comedy place of comedy history. Yeah, he's kind of come full circle. What I last I read about him was that he um, he's kind of retired from showbiz, and he'll he's kind of taking care of his family. And one of his daughters is actually a uh, writes songs for Britney Spears. Oh, I heard she was a background dancer and a, and a dancer. I think, but I think she wrote a bunch of songs for her as well too. Here, here. Any yeah. any other takeaways of comedian Murray Langston, aka the unknown comic? Unknown Comic was a great kind of uh, very intense. I mean, you could take it for about two or three minutes, and it was great, and it was something new and different. And I remember as a kid, always kind of looking forward to seeing him on there because you could always because he always had those classic one liners that you you could repeat. You know, it was easy easy to do them. Yeah, but he was he was suited perfectly for the Gong Show because that's oh, all yeah. just like oh, one yeah. to two minute sound bites. And mm-hmm. like you said, he could do it as a stage act. But he couldn't do it more than like 12 minutes. Yeah. But, no, you know, not. that's why I think that's why he came to fame because the Gong Show is all about just, you know, one to two minute acts. And, yeah. you know, perfectly suited for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he's on Facebook. You can look him up. He just became, we just became friends. So I'll send him a copy of the uh, podcast. Here, here, And that concludes our history of the unknown comic, Murray Langston. And with that, it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Well, the biggest and the best is a movie that I directed that me and Harmon co- co-produced and co-wrote. And it's called Betrayal, which will be premiering as part of the New York... Uh, which will be premiering as part of the New Yorker doc series later on towards the end of this month. So be sure to look for what? that. What? We can uh, say that now? Yeah, we can say that now. We can so say that it's now. like it's the Pandora box has been opened. It's it been open now. <laughs> It'll be appearing later this month? Yeah, hopefully, theoretically. So just keep yeah. your eyes open for that. And then uh, Harm and I do another podcast, which has been on a hiatus for a little bit, 
but we're coming back with a vengeance. And that's This is the President, where we discuss all things presidential. For right now, you can go to our YouTube channel, YouTube slash This is the President. You can see lots of videos on there about presidents of the future, presidents of the past, presidents of the now. And also, Harm and I will be doing more podcasts as soon as we're able. So check that out on Apple Podcasts. Spitter. I wanted to say spitter, but it's not spitter. Spotify. Spotify. You wanted to say Stitcher. You wanted to Stitcher. say Stitcher and Spotify. I wanted to say Stitcher. So you said spitter. Spitter. <laughs> spitter. <laughs> Maybe I should start, start one called that. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like, <clears throat> God, trademark that shit. I know. You should. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so, so check those out. Here, here. And as always, like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you get your podcasts, be it Apple, be it Spitter, be it Spotify, <laughs> be it Stitcher, or love, on our website, ComedyHistory101.com. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And with that, thanks a lot for tuning in, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.